Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners. It gets us into God's Word for a few minutes every day, about 12 or 13 or so, and in so doing, helps keep us focused on life from a spiritual perspective, helps us to think about our relationship with God. And since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, Being in God's word every day helps us to stay strong in our faith, even grow in our faith. Now, let me encourage you, as I always do, help some other people. Help them to start to think more about their lives, about their relationship with God, about their souls, about eternal destiny for each one of them. Help them by sharing these short studies with them. You know people in your life who need to turn their thinking and their focus in life around probably people within your own family. So share these short studies. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe some other technological means. But make the commitment and start sharing with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, everybody you can. You may help somebody get to heaven ultimately, and that'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to continue our study talking about a matter of the heart. And so we've asked the basic question by way of introduction, why do people act the way they do? Why do they say the way the things they say? Now, a lot of times we use those kinds of questions in relation to uh, children growing up, maybe young boys or girls and then teenagers, but it also applies to adults and even some in some cases elderly adults. Why do you do those things? Why do you act that way? Why do you talk like that? Now again, we can readily relate to those kinds of questions in relation to children and teenagers, but it doesn't stop there. It goes on through adulthood. Why do you do those things? Why do you take part in those kinds of activities? Why do you use that kind of language? Well, ultimately, it's a matter of the heart. We've talked about some kind of surface level reasonings, conditioning, how we condition ourselves to react, to think, to talk. Emotion, we just kind of automatically and emotionally, it'll lead us to do such and such or this or that. Also, reflex response, kind of an automatic for us, without thinking a lot of times, what we're about to say or what we're about to do or how we're about to react. We just kind of do it and then, oh boy, we can really have some problems as a result of not thinking ahead of time. Why do we live the kind of lifestyle, though, that we live? Why do we take the direction in life that we take? And so we've established, ultimately, it all comes down to a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. Not that physical organ pumping blood through our circulatory system. That's a physical organ. But we're talking about our mindset, our mind, our, our thinking, our emotion, but maybe the, the best synonym would be our conscience, our conscience. Our conscience is so important. Now, Jesus said, we've read this text and we looked at it in some detail. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22. He said, you have heard that it was said of the, to, to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. Well, again, we recognize that as just hands down, no question about that. We accept that readily. Murder is a terrible thing. And 
it's part of the laws of the land in probably every country around the world. You murder, you go to jail, you may end up even being executed by capital punishment. The original Ten Commandments, Exodus 20 and verse 13, you shall not murder. And it's part of what we are instructed in the New Testament as well. Romans 13 and verse 9, you shall not murder. It's one of the kinds of sins that will keep us out of heaven. Galatians 5 verses 19 through 21. Revelation 21 and verse 8 also specifies murder along this line. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now that's a very descriptive kind of statement describing eternal condemnation in hell. Well, murderer, murder, keep us out of heaven, end us up in hell for all of eternity. So we understand that. And, but Jesus goes on in verse 22 there, and he says, he says, but I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, reka, or from the Greek, more literally, empty head or empty headed or brainless, I guess, stupid, we might say, ignorant from a very ungodly kind of use of the word there, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, and this would be an even worse pejorative, charging somebody or calling somebody names, shall be in danger of hellfire, Jesus says. And so we, we noted that these are really progressive manifestations of what's in a person's heart. First you get angry, then you start calling names, and then you really start confronting the individual with horrible kinds of names and challenges. And you could be in danger of the judgment just with that careless kind of reaction and verbally reacting in that way as well. And physical murder is simply the ultimate physical manifestation of the kind of progressive mindset or reaction, actions taken in response to some situation that just gets worse and worse and worse. Well, you don't have to commit the physical act of murder to be guilty of murder then, in God's eyes. You don't have to commit the physical act of adultery, sexual immorality, to be guilty of adultery. In that same fifth chapter of Matthew, verse 27, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. Well, again, going back to the original Ten Commandments, that's part of it. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 14, you shall not commit adultery, part of the original Ten Commandments. And adultery is another reason or another sin that will keep us out of heaven. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul wrote, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Oh yes, another one of those sins that will keep us out of heaven. Adultery. 
a married person having sexual relations with another person to whom he or she is not married. And so we understand intellectually, we understand the seriousness of that particular sin. Although in our culture, in our land right now, we're really just sugarcoating it. We're trying to water it down with euphemisms and and statements of of uh, victimization. I, I see you know, it's her fault. It's his fault that I committed adultery. That's a bunch of baloney. That's just telling lies to yourself and about yourself. But God knows the truth. You commit adultery. You're guilty of adultery. And there's no explaining it away. There's no no softening, softening it up. And if you do not repent of that and seek God's forgiveness properly, then don't expect to be in heaven for all of eternity with God. Now, what does Jesus say, though, in verse 28 of Matthew chapter 5? But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, are we talking about a man looking upon a woman and thinking, well, that's a beautiful woman there. She kind of catches his eye and he thinks, oh, that's, that's a pretty, pretty woman there. Or a woman, conversely, looking at a man and saying, oh, that's a handsome guy. Well, there's nothing wrong in that kind of recognition. But what Jesus is talking about here, could I... I sure would love to be able to have my way with that woman or with that man. I'd sure like to be able to have a sexual relationship with him or with her. It's kind of like a story I've related. I used to work with a young man many years ago in the grocery business, and he was guilty of adultery. He committed adultery against his wife. It came to be found out, and and supposedly he and his wife were trying to work through that. And I tried to encourage him. I, you, can, you can be forgiven, I believe I said. You can, you can overcome this. God will help you. The words along those lines. And his response to me was, you don't understand. If I could have that other woman right now, I'd have her. You see, in his heart, he still wanted her in a sexual way. He still wanted to have sexual relations with her. And so that's what Jesus is talking about here. You're lusting after that individual. And it's either a woman for a man for a woman or a woman for a man. If you could have her, if you could have him, you would. You want that. Jesus said you've already committed adultery with that individual in your heart. In your heart, again. Your emotions, your conscience, your mindset. See, what did we say? It's a matter of the heart. A matter of the heart. In Matthew chapter 5, in verse 32, we look at just how terrible a sin adultery is. Jesus said, But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. And so sexual immorality is the broad umbrella of all kinds of sexual sins. Adultery is one of those specific sins, sexual sins, within that general broad umbrella of, of sexual fornication. Now, sexual immorality. Jesus says that adultery is so bad, 
it's such a grievous sin committed by one spouse against the other and before God that it is the only reason, let me emphasize that again, it is the only reason that God recognizes as allowing the innocent party to divorce their mate, their spouse, and remarry. The only reason. That's how grievous a sin adultery is. And Jesus said, you're lusting after that person in your heart? You're already guilty of adultery. Well, let's stop here and pray. We'll come back and explore this matter of the heart principle a little further next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to guard our heart. And we pray that you will guard our heart. And help us, Father, to be aware of and always be on guard against letting ourselves develop a heart that is ungodly, that is not dedicated to you and to be obedient to your teachings. Help us to beware of how the devil will try to work on our heart to lead us into sin. Please strengthen us, Father. And also, Father, we pray at this time, please forgive us. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.